this is episode 535 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Wednesday, October 10th, 2018. I am your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I'm going to be talking about some news because game-wise I don't have much to talk about. I did play a smidgen, just a smidgen of Warface, a new-ish, I don't know how long it's been on PC or whatnot, uh, free-to-play first-person shooter cooperative. And there, there is a versus side to it as well, but the main mode seems to be cooperative play. And I played one match of it with, I think, five other people. It's on Xbox One, I believe PS4 as well, and surely on PC. I played on Xbox One. Looks good enough. It has sharp, clean visuals. It's not the most dense or detailed world, but... It looks solid, um, but the the game itself moved very quickly. I only it was a the practice level or whatever, but I don't know if the people are, I was playing with just knew that very well. But they were just speeding through it. There was there was no time wasted on anything. There's no voice in the practice level, so nobody was talking or anything at the beginning of the match and the end. Everyone was just knifing each other, except I think they were just knifing me. I don't know if they all knew each other, and they were because I'm pretty sure the way it looked on my screen, it looked like they were all knifing me, which wasn't very nice. I did not appreciate that, but the practice level was exceptionally easy, which I don't know if that's how the whole game is, but that that was there. The thing that annoys me is that you it doesn't seem like there's any way to play by yourself if you just wanted to. Maybe I want to. Maybe I don't want to play with another person. I set up a private uh, room, and I didn't have enough people to start a match. And that was annoying. That was frustrating because, you know, sometimes I just want to play by myself. When I say sometimes, I mean a lot of times I just want to play by myself, especially... You know, if I if I don't know people who are playing a game, I would rather just play by myself than with strangers. I don't trust strangers. I've had bad experiences with like Sea of Thieves. It's just, it's not great. Uh, friendly, there is no friendly fire, so that helps in this sense in, in playing with strangers and not doing any of that. But the pace of that first match, if that is how they all tend to be, just very very quick. Um, I don't know how enjoyable it will be as a cooperative thing, especially if you're playing with people who are more, who are familiar with a map or whatnot, because then they could just speed through it. They'll know everything. And part of the game play is helping each other out. So there will be walls that are too tall to climb by yourself and you can work together. But if certain people just know how to get around, like those aren't the only ways to get to a point they'll just leave you in the dust while you're looking like, oh, why don't you want to try going this way? Uh, But of course, if the later levels are more difficult, then moving at such a breakneck pace will not be as uh, ideal of a decision to make. Huh? I don't know. But um, seems all right. What's weird to me is that the weapons and like armor you equip, you can equip are consumables and or they they don't last forever. They expire after a certain number of days. I don't know if you can purchase permanent weapons uh, and items and whatnot 
because I haven't really looked into the store. There are, of course, many cosmetics. This game did come out a week or two ago, I think, with the various bundles. Like, here's the Assault class bundle, here's the Meta class bundle, and all that kind of jazz. Um, but it's now out for everyone for free. The base game, no bundles needed. But yeah, I can't think of a lot of first-person shooters, especially cooperative first-person shooters that are free-to-play on consoles, at least. You know, we have, like, Paladins for that more Overwatch-esque character-based, class-based adversarial gameplay, but a more cooperative experience. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Uh, It seems decent. Like, the shooting feels solid enough. Um, So, yeah, it's worth giving it a shot since it is free. But other than that, just more Forza, I realized that there is a prestige-esque element to it. So when you hit level 200, you get a star, and then you reset back to zero, and then you go back to 200, and then you can get another star. So now I'm at level, like, I don't know, 10 plus one star. So I'm, I'm one star plus 10, and that's hitting, like, I don't know, the stupid voice on the thing that talks about Horizon events. was like, hey, you're you're one of the good ones. And then I also realized... Just now, because I didn't do all the events, I still haven't messed around with the video game thing. But there is like a business that you can purchase, and how many stars? It's it's just like the movie themed or like stunt themed events or the video game themed events where you have ten different races, uh, and you can get up to 30 stars, of course, getting three stars in each event. The more stars you have in that business, the more money it will make while you're away from the game. So right now it's only making me maybe about seven grand. But I, I don't know if it's how if it increases how far, how long it's been since your last um, session. But um, it's, it could potentially bring in a decent amount of money. I'm not sure if you 30 starred and how the, the, the money increases over time. Um, but I think it's good if that has, if that's on your map and you haven't messed around with it's in the top, it's in like the Northeast corner, go find it, go do it. It costs a hundred thousand to purchase and then just do all of the ones you can at the best, as, as good, as well as you can get the most stars and get that free money because getting money is you know it it takes a while um it's not terrible to get decent cars but if you want really expensive cars it's going to take you a while to get that money and if you want the two expensive properties which are i think there's like an edinburgh castle which i think that one's 10 million and then there's another one that's 15 million i just i'm sitting at about six point something million and I'm just imagining like, okay, when I get to 10, I can buy the 10, but then I'll be back down to zero. Getting back to 15 million, whoo, that is going to be a nightmare. Uh, I get a, you know, a good amount from spins, but I'm only going to get so many spins. Uh, the mixer reputation only gives me, the, the rep- mixer influence only gives me so many spins. But um, yeah, that is... Something I'm still playing. I just I just pop in every now and again. I I still enjoy the Forzathon things, and I think the Forza the Forzathon things, the weekly events and daily challenges are a good way of keeping me invested past the point of feeling like I've gotten what I want out of the game and just like oh, I'll just ch- uh, I'll pop in. I'll 
play a few races. I'll do these challenges. Maybe I'll do a Forza Live event and I'll see what the new uh, Forza-thon store items are. Uh, and, you know, of course, when the season changes, that's exciting as well. But, yeah, it gives me a good reason to just keep coming back here and there for just a little bit. Um, but the bit of news I want to talk about is that Sony has confirmed that PSN name changes will be coming in 2019 for everyone. They will be rolling, rolling it out to frequent beta users uh, of their up firmware updates in the coming months or so, or maybe in the coming weeks. I can't remember. But um, this was really exciting news, but I was hesitant because of early things being said maybe last week. And they are confirmed, and I, I don't feel like I'm going to change my name because I just feel like with this additional information, it just seems like an absolute waste. Um, it just seems like how fucked up was their system that they put in place, is their system that they put in place, that this is the case. So the update for the PSN IDs has this caveat uh, this caveat, um, which uh, is, and this is from the blog post, I believe. This feature is compatible with PS4 games originally published after April 1st, 2018, and a large majority of the most played PS4 games that were released before this date. However, please note not all games and applications for PS4, PS3, and PS Vita systems are guaranteed to support the online ID change, and users may occasionally encounter issues or errors in certain games. If for any reason you experience issues after changing your ID, you can revert back to your original ID for free at any time. You will only, only be able to revert once during the preview program. Reverting back to an old ID will resolve most issues caused by the IDs by the ID change. In addition, when this feature officially launches, a list of compatible games published before April 1st, 2018 will be provided on PlayStation.com for reference before you make the change. So the fact like okay, that list of compatible games better include every fucking PS3 game and every single uh, Vita game. Because I want to know. Because I'm not changing my name if I ha- like. It's just it's re- like I don't understand. I don't understand how any of that shit works. But it's fine on Xbox. What is so? What is different about the way they handled everything on PlayStation that made it so? This is the case. Like how? How does it just not work with some games? And how is it? How is it not compatible with every PS4 game? Like, well, I don't understand it. I don't understand. Is it like the the PS4 games that were basically PS3 games upresed? I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, it's exciting that it's happening. But uh, and it'll be like on Xbox. The first change will be free, and then after that, it'll be ten bucks, five bucks if you're a PS Plus member. But um. That caveat is something that has me very wary of wanting to do it. Um, but the fact that they'll have a list makes me at least be able... It, it means I can check to see if it matters to me or not. Because I'm not a huge PS4 gamer. But I played a lot of PS3 games. I played a good amount of Vita games. 
if for some reason that doing this will mean I won't be able to play those or something like something weird is going to happen. Like, and I'm like, how does it not work? Does it just mean you'll have to start a new save or does it mean you will like not be able to get trophy? Like you're just, you can't access those games altogether. Like it with, uh, like that's the one thing that's really you're Like, will it mean that if I change my name, will past purchases, some of them not work they won't be recognized because my name is different from the original purchasing name will certain ps plus titles not work anymore because my name is different if that's the case if it, if it has something to do with my actual purchase of games and not allowing me to access them that is horrible but I, i'm not sure exactly i don't know if they've how deep in, in the details i've gotten I'll, I'll link to the official post but that's something that is cool, but also something to be concerned about. And then there are sources saying that Microsoft is in uh, like 90% complete in acquiring Obsidian Entertainment. And Obsidian Entertainment, if you don't know, is the studio that did Knights of the Old Republic 2, which is a great game. People like to shit on it because it wasn't as great as the first game, but the first game is one of the greatest games of all time. And Knights of the Republic 2 is just a very, very, very great game that just, you know, doesn't live up. In the same way that Deus Ex Invisible War is a fantastic game that just isn't as great as the first game. But it's still a great, great game. Um, They did Fallout New Vegas, which is a great Fallout game. Uh, They did Alpha Protocol which wasn't like it, it had its issues, but I thought it did a lot of interesting things. I enjoyed my time with it. I had fun with it. And it's a game I wouldn't mind revisiting at some time too, but it was a solid like seven out of 10 with, you know, before release. And it was something that I looked at. And I think a lot of people looked at like, Oh man, this could be, this could be a nine out of 10. This could be something really cool. And it just didn't quite live up to all of that. Um, and then more recently, they're known for Pillars of Eternity and Pillars of Eternity 2, which I haven't played, but I know are uh, highly acclaimed and, and are, people really like. And of course, they also did the South Park, the Stick of Truth. That's the, the name of it, right? The first one. So they have quite a pedigree. And I think if this is true, this is a great additional acquisition to everything they mentioned at E3. And it's funny because they had a relationship in, I was reading in 2012 where they were working on a a game for Xbox and that fell through and apparently it was a a very negative experience, uh, at least for Obsidian Entertainment on their side. So seeing this happen, it just shows you how much things have changed and, and how much things have changed basically since Phil Spencer took over the role of the head of Xbox. Um, and yeah, I, I hope this is true because it just it means that there's more there are more studios to create more great content for Xbox and I like with Ninja Theory I was hugely excited because I love Ninja Theory. I would be very excited about this because I don't love them as much as Ninja Theory, but I have been a pretty big fan of theirs and I think they do some cool interesting stuff and I would love to see what they do for Xbox. Um I could potentially see them being purchased and put on with because i think like the whole the the rpg thing that playground games is working on which we all assume that it's very likely fable for uh that they 
had a number of people working on it, but they needed to increase. Like they needed more people. It wasn't like their full time gig thing, and it's like they need more help. Like I could see Obsidian being put on that to work on that with um, the playground employees who are working on that, or the side studio, the whatever is going on in the, in there. Um, which would get me excited. I think they know how to do RPGs really well. And Playground Games knows how to make great engines and just systems and just mechanics and all that. They they know how to make things work well. Um, And that's kind of one of the things that Obsidian's had some problems with is just on the technical side. Um, But yeah, I, I think this will be really cool if it's true. And I hope it is true. And I hope it's not the last we see of acquisitions it would be nice to see them acquire you know one or two more uh studios and and something and and someone as big as this you know it'd be crazy i just think right now um but there's I, there's no way because they like being independent and they they don't need to be acquired but like if, if microsoft acquired like double fine that would be insane um but I don't see that happening, especially since they're, I mean, they're, I feel like they're more of a publisher at this point than a developer. What is the last thing they developed internally? I don't know. Just it, Tim Schafer's still there, right? I feel like there was a point in time, like, I don't know, 2010, 14, where Schaefer was everywhere. And it was nice seeing Schaefer everywhere because he's a delightful, delightful human being. But I haven't seen him in a while. I like Schaefer. I hear him on podcasts and everything. Uh, but yeah. I hope this is true. Because I think it will be good for Xbox. And I just... I I love Phil Spencer so much. Of all the people in the industry who I like to meet. On like that side of the industry. Not like on media or whatever. He, I, I think he's number one. I'd love to meet Miyamoto. Just because I think, regardless of whether there was a translator there, he's got such warm, positive, loving energy that you can't help but feel delightful if you're in his presence. He just seems like he's a walking ball of wonderful delightfulness, and you know, you just being around him would make you happy. If you're if you're feeling sad, just go into a room with Miyamoto, even if he's on the completely other side of the room, you're gonna feel better. Um, but as somebody who loves Xbox, I would love to just meet Phil Spencer and talk with him because he has not single handedly, but he has turned around a lot of the negativity that was directed towards Xbox after the, the launch of the one and the disaster that it was with the inclusion of connect that they never really support. And just, he has, he has made Xbox into something that I love again because I I've got an Xbox One launch. It is the first system I ever purchased on the launch date, and I felt not great about it. And like I I was happy because I got to play some great games right away, like Dead Rising Three. I adore that game. I think Rise is criminally underrated. It's not perfect, but it looks great. I really enjoy the combat. I still do. Uh, I think it had a surprisingly fun multiplayer element, but I didn't want the Connect. 
I was I had the connect. I never really used it. It sucks. I still have it. Just you know, it might be a collector's item at a point. I don't know, but it was a really shitty launch, and it dropped quick enough. Um, it border. It's similar to the launch of the 3ds, um, which was a disaster as well. But I made I made that beneficial to me by. Purchasing for the expensive price at Best Buy, getting into the ambassador program, and then going to Best Buy and price matching the new price. So I got it for the the discounted price, and I got the ambassador program games. Great for me. I enjoyed doing that. I also I I like the like sandwich shape of the original 3DS where it had like the middle stuck out. I like that, and I, I like the original look of that like black and gray one. I thought it looked nice. Um, but yeah, Xbox just has done so many things so incredibly well since then. Of course, there have been bad things like the crackdown, like what I don't, I don't believe that game is a real thing until it actually comes out scale bound and stuff like that. Like not everything has been perfect, but the backward compatibility alone, I, I still remember seeing that at E3. I'm like, what did I just did that just happen? And it's been amazing. And I wish they would trickle out original Xbox games more frequently. They just seem to do those in batches. Like we might get one with like the next update in November or something. I hope. I hope we don't have to wait for I don't know because the last one was what in June or April. I think it was in April. So it's been an incredibly long time since we've gotten any original Xbox games on backward compatibility and there's so many that i'd still love to see it you know like the time splitters freedom fighters um you know stubs a zombie deus ex invisible i'd love that um there are a lot that i'd still love to see and like the, the original grand theft auto games as well it'd be cool if they would update the ones currently and new ones moving forward they would like it'd be great if they're doing something like it would be a huge announcement if they said hey we've been working on this original xbox games now uh ones that are backward compatible and ones going forward will have achievements mind-blowing boom i'm I'm done um but the way they've done all that has been great and they've added so much to the 360 catalog so far that it's it's been very pleasant. Like they just added Metal Gear Solid, uh, the HD collection, so Metal Gear Solid two and three, um, and it's nice. It just it's something that I hope at at some point. I know it'll never be one hundred percent. I the way it's been so far, it seems like there will never be any sports games added to the the list, except you know like extreme sports games potentially like Blitz the League and um, those types of games but i really hope that at some point we get i I would love it if we get everything and i I want sports games too because i want a decent mlb game on the system i know i can play mlb the show on playstation but i don't want to turn my playstation on on. um but yeah xbox i think that that's a good place to end it and and that's what i'm gonna do so once again i'm your host mark cuzinez y'all can find me on twitter Instagram, Xbox Live, my list, Steam, Twitch, and all the usual places at PX Sausage. On PSN, I am the Kush3. Will I be that 
forever? I don't know. It depends on what this list looks like. Within, you know, can I access? Like, I, I, we'll see. Um, the site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, which just put up a new episode today, number 69. Uh, and, of course, my brand new show, Attack the Backlog, which is a show all about me playing games that are in my backlog and focusing an entire episode on them with a great, I think it's a great video version of the show, which you can find over at youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. First episode is up. It's been up for like a week now. It's done pretty well. I'm happy with it. I'm happy with the, the, the people who watch it and, and that everyone seems to like it. Um, and it's Castlevania Symphony of the Night, though you surely already know that. But all those podcasts are available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to check out some crazy, kooky, colorful art that I do, you can go over to pxsart.com. And I believe if you use the code right now, TREAT10, TREAT10, you get a 10% discount on your order. So... That's cool as well. Um, but um, other than that, if you want to support the site in general and everything we do, you can go over to patreon.com slash PXS and support us that way. That is patreon.com slash PXS and support us that way. And the code is indeed TREAT10. So you'll be able to find links to where you could purchase the prints over at pxsart.com you see a picture you like there'll be a link that'll take you to the print shop and then you can use that code to get 10 percent off your order anyway that will do it for this here episode Bye.